the sound of praise for your Sunday morning. The only one who could ever teach me. Introducing Reverend A.R. Bernard of the Christian Cultural Center. Was the son of a preacher man. And Rabbi Joseph Potasnik of Religion on the Line. The only one who could ever teach me. Now, on Talk Radio 77 WABC, here's the Reb and the Rabbi, where faith matters. I'm Rabbi Joseph Potasnik. And I'm Reverend A.R. Bernard. Reverend, recently I ran into uh, Curtis Lewa, mayoral candidate, obviously didn't win, not asking for a recount. Uh, and I said to him that I give him credit because it was a, obviously a very uphill battle. But we don't, or we shouldn't, decide what causes are going to be important based upon some guaranteed victory. We do it because we feel it's a mission that means much to us. Uh, when people marched over the years, let's take the Civil Rights March, there was no guarantee they were going to be victorious. And who knows mm-hmm. how many years it would take before they would be victorious. But that didn't prevent them from joining together, you know, shoulder to shoulder to say, we have to change the climate. We have to change our history. Um, commitment. Is, is not about winning, it's about fighting uh, for what is right. Elie Wiesel said years ago, you can't always prevent injustice, but you can protest injustice. Mm. Mm. And, and by protest, that's good. yeah? Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, well, look, <laughs> there are very, very few guarantees in life, um, I, besides death and taxes, right? Um, life has to be taken one day at a time. We have to have our uh, understand our responsibility to play a role that brings peace, uh, justice, truth uh, to society, to our world, righteousness. Uh, I think that's that's so important. And thank God for those who are willing to pay the price. And yeah, you have to have a motivation. There has to be some reason, some purpose behind spending money and and uh, making rounds and trying to win the hearts and minds of people towards a particular platform. And uh, these, these electeds do it. And, 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 you know, it's easy to criticize them on the sideline and, and knowing that many of us won't do it. <laughs> we don't want to get into it or, or, or have to deal with the ugliness of, uh, you know, campaigning. So, yeah, I, yeah, let's give a little kudos to uh, Curtis Lewa. You know, in the Bible, Abraham is told, get out of, you know, leave your place where you live. Go out into the world and be a source of blessing. And isn't that a message that is given to all of us? You have to leave your comfortable surroundings. We go off to college. There's no guarantee that we're going to do well there, that we're going to pick a major and a career that is going to, uh, you know, be a, a fulfillment to us. Uh, you pick a partner in life. There's no guarantee it's the right partner. Um, life is filled with gambling, so to speak. You know, uh, we don't advocate gambling, but there is a form of gambling and all that. You take a chance. and yeah. Right? Uh, yeah. I, I yeah. think of you. Uh, you know, you were from what I understand, very successful on Wall Street. You left a very, very, you know, positive career to go into the clergy. Uh, that was a gamble. That was taking a risk, giving something that was secure for something that, you know, was insecure at that time. 
Uh, but you did it because you felt this is where God wants me to be. Uh, and that was a tough one, Rabbi. That was not as easy as it may sound. My my wife, you know, uh, she she looked at me. She says, uh, so you think God's talking to you? <laughs> I said, yes. You know, so I said, OK, let me let me give her some time. And I will tell you how it went, how it uh, actually happened. Uh, I, I actually prayed about it. And I said, I said, God, if this is you, you're going to talk to my wife first. <laughs> and Rabbi, sure enough, um, it was, gosh, about a year in. I was still working um, in the banking system in finance. And uh, she came to me. She says, you know, you're going to have to make a decision to follow God completely on this. And I looked at her and I said, okay, are you sure? She said, yeah, I, I, I really think that you need to make the decision. It's time. Of course, in the back of my mind, I'm saying, yes, <laughs> you know, I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, I'm seeing yeah. answered prayer here. Uh, but it, 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 it took that. And it was a lot of courage because I will tell you, um, we had to do without. We began a life of, you know, and, and our first son was born uh, by that time, no, second son was born by that time. And we had to buy a crib for him from the Salvation Army, 15 mm -hmm. bucks, Rabbi. Mm -hmm. We were struggling. It was not easy. When we went shopping, we went to three or four different supermarkets uh, because you, not one supermarket had all the sales for the food that we needed. We learned how much meat was on a turkey neck. And, and you know, we, we did the best with what we had. But we knew that this was something that our hearts were compelled to do. It was a sense of calling. You know, I had this conversation with my son. You know, he started a new position, and he said, wow, this is hard. I said, Harrison, one of the things I've learned in life is nothing's easy. Maybe doing nothing is easy. It's not challenging. But then you reach a point where you have to support yourself. So <laughs> yeah. what, what is easy? Uh, nothing, really. Nothing meaningful. Uh, yeah. And you know, what you did was certainly very, very difficult. And again, no guarantee you're going to be victorious in the sense of this is the place where we are finally going to rest. Um, mm -hmm. You know, suppose it, suppose you had failed. But I always feel, you know, it's, it's actually you shouldn't say failed. Someone who was a psychologist who pointed out distinguish between defeat and failure. If you fight it hard and you lose, you're defeated. But if you don't fight, and you lose, you failed. You know, it's like not, good. Right? not studying for an exam. Yeah. You failed. You deserved to fail. You didn't study for it. You know, you did study. You didn't do well. You were defeated. Um, so I, I think of you and others and all of us. You know, I, I went to law school. And I had to, you know, wrestle with myself. Do I now give up what I've done all these years and go into a different field? And I said, no, no. What I want to do is use my understanding of the law to support what I do in the world of religion. Uh, but all of us have to make choices. And you don't want to look back and say, I wish I had. Um, you know, do it. If you feel it's it, it's something that is, you know, I, I talked to firefighters, I've been chaplain with FDNY for years. I talked to firefighters, why'd you do this? This is where God wants me to be. I love it. I I, mm. I know it's dangerous, but this is where I want to be. And And many of them are people of great faith. You have to be a person of faith to do that. A little crazy, you know, but, you know, God often says that crazy people are the ones who get things done. A person of the prophet is that a person of faith is a little bit crazy. Um, but thank God for them. 
You know, we talk about Thanksgiving, which is coming up this week. You know, we sit down, we give thanks for all the people in our lives. Let's let's remember the people who save people on a, on a regular basis, who risk their lives to rescue people. You know, they don't do it for our the heroes. dollars. Yeah. Yeah, our so, heroes. So and, uh, I'm glad you used that word because I, I wanted to ask you this question. We throw around the word heroes quite often. Ball players, artists, you know, rappers, so many different, they're, they're heroes to some. If you were to look at your life and people who matter to you, who are your heroes? Wow, wow. You know, I have heroes who are my heroes because I read their book. They're, they're dead and gone, but they left their book uh, and their story. And their story inspired me, gave me courage, gave me uh, the motivation to go out and conquer the world. My heroes, um, you know, are, are my kids, my grandkids, when, you know, I learn from them and, and watch them grow and, and, and embrace the realities of life and also embrace the faith. Uh, heroes come in many ways. You know, there's an interesting, uh, interesting article that I read in Psychology Today some time ago, and it talked about heroes and the importance of them and the fact that heroes elevate the soul. They fill us with awe, with reverence, with admiration um, uh, for, the, for the beauty of a moral act. You know, I had the opportunity to interview uh, actor Denzel Washington. Mm -hmm. And I said to him, I said, you know, in, in many people's eyes, you're a hero because of the characters that you play that seek justice. And he said, does that include training day? I said, of course. I, I, I said, I'm glad you brought that up because you told me once that you uh, adjusted the ending of that movie, Training Day, because it was so violent. And you said that you made sure that the, 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 the uh, star either is redeemed or died. And when he wasn't going to be redeemed, you said you made sure that that movie ended with him dying and dying an ugly death. You know, so it really causes us to think about who we embrace as heroes. Mm -hmm. And Denzel is one of those movie heroes, you know. You know, unfortunately, I, I, I think of some of the people, the athletes, and you know, they, they've, they've done some good things, but... To me, they're not heroes because, as you indicated, the hero is someone who has a major impact, leaves an imprimatur on your life, done, yeah. has done something yeah. that has been cathartic, something that makes a difference. Uh, and just to sit and watch a ball game and to see someone as a hero, I doesn't do it for me. You know, we we like them. You know, we admire them for you know some physical accomplishments. But I don't think they reach the level of heroism. That's not how I, how I see it. I look at my parents uh, as heroes. You know, certainly they, they, they lost much. They lost family members. And they came and started life all over again. They were heroes for me because they taught me this, you know, to have that resilient spirit to never give up, to never say today's the last day. Um, you know, and, and I, I think that's important yeah. what you're saying, Rabbi, because heroes should be should have a positive association with uh, with the the, the individual, um, not negative. Heroes should convince us that life has meaning, purpose, free free us from despair. You know, our heroes are role models that nourish our connections with other people, 
You know, uh, they represent people that we want to transform ourselves into. They, they, they fight for justice and, 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 and goodness. And that's what I think of when I think about heroes. Yeah. Like the song, I want to be just like you, Dad. Uh, you want to be like them. You want to at least be, uh, be something like them. They inspire you, you know, to, to uh, do something a little bit more uh, than you're already doing. Uh, yeah, that, that I, I can relate to. And I, and I think that we need to reexamine who represents those heroes in our lives. You know, during the Festival of Tabernacles, uh, we invite from the past, there's a tradition of inviting matriarchs, patriarchs, people into the sukkah. They're no longer living, but invite them in spirit. And then the question is, who else would you invite? And I had a professor in, in, in college, and he said, if I said to you, give me three people, three people you would invite, you know, into the sukkah, who would it be? And I said, well, I would invite my parents, obviously, and mm. Ellie Wiesel. Because to me, Elie Wiesel, you know, was the moral conscience and the fact that he could, you know, inspire others after everything had been taken from him and still say there's hope for tomorrow. Uh, I want to sit with him. Uh, so hopefully we surround ourselves with those whom we want to emulate in some way. But it's an important lesson. Um, I, I will tell you, Rabbi, I'll, I'll get a little personal here. The son that we lost recently, my wife and I. He's a hero to me now. Um, he fought addiction the best he could. Uh, he lost to that addiction, but he kept his faith. Mm -hmm. He never blamed God. He never turned away from family or God. He held on to those things that were the anchor of his soul throughout his life in spite of what he was going through. And I will tell you, he's my hero today. Yeah, and but you know, there's a well-known statement: the the world breaks everyone, but some people remain strong in the broken places. Um, he was someone who obviously had those broken places in his life, but still tried to maintain that strength, battle to yeah. overcome. Uh, we yeah. don't we don't always win the battles, but at least we don't give up the fight. That's uh, right. Yeah. yeah, and he and he had great support in in the family that loved him and uh, surrounded him. You know. Uh, I just came, I was in Washington this past week, and there was a gathering of clergy and uh, victims of, of sexual abuse. And I had a chance to talk to some of the survivors, and I, I said, you know, uh, said, where do you come from? I said, Lynn, Massachusetts. He said, Lynn, do you know there's a church there called St. Mary's? Now, you're asking a rabbi if he knows a church named St. Mary's. You know, <laughs> it wasn't one of the regular spots for me to go to, but, but I know the church because the nuns, of that church my family arrived after the war helped them rebuild their lives i said saint mary's holds a special place and every year passover you know we'd have them at the table to say thank you you know we can never thank them enough uh, mm. so you know there are people who who go out of their way do what others don't do do what they don't have to do because they want to have an impact there, we, if I use the sports, they call them impact players. They're impact players in life and in, in everyday living. Uh, and we are very, very thankful to have them. So Thanksgiving, you know, also thanks living. Uh, we thank them for, for giving us life and letting us live and uh, making, making sure that uh, people have a little bit more than they had before. Amen to that, Rabbi. So... We have a guest today, don't we? We do. We have someone that we always look forward 
uh, to having with us because we've come to uh, know and admire him, and that's uh, His Eminence Timothy Cardinal Dolan. Uh, you know, when he arrived in New York, I remember talking with him, and, and he said, and he's kept his promise, that he would make interfaith relationships a priority. And mm. he has. He has. We, we've been in his residence so many times, and one of the things I, I see when I walk in, there's a special place he has amongst his books. He's got a Hanukkah menorah which uh, I gave, I think I gave it to John Cardinal O'Connor years ago, and it's right there. Uh, hmm. And I always look at it, I said, imagine you walk into the Cardinal's residence and there's a Hanukkah menorah. And then I look around and I see symbols of other faith traditions. And doesn't that say something about how we value each other? There's a place for all of us, you know, different and the same simultaneously. And this Cardinal... Uh, as his predecessors, has made a great, great impact. Talk about heroes. He's a hero. He's a great hero. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I think it speaks to the fact that when you really know what you believe, when you're deeply connected with your faith, you're, you're free to allow other people to choose their beliefs, and you can interact with them, conversate with them, uh, without feeling that you're going to lose your own faith. Or your own salvation. I think that's so important. That's mature. That's when faith matures in you, would you say? Yeah, and also his, you know, the belief in the importance of the individual. I'll come to the meeting, he'll turn to me and says, where's Reverend Bernard? Is he coming? Is he here yet? Where is he? Uh, mm-hmm. He'll yeah. be here shortly. But you know, here he is. He's besieged. He's <laughs> he wants to know where you are. And where's this person? Where's yeah. that person? Is he coming? Um, he cares yeah. about each and every person because uh, he values family, uh, his relationship with his mother. Uh, you know, he always makes reference to her and how important she is in his life. And uh, we're just, uh, we're part of the family. And uh, what a blessing it is to have uh, Timothy Cardinal Dolan, and not only as a guest, but uh, really someone who is an integral member uh, of, yeah. of our faith family. He lights up a room whenever he walks in. You know that. We've been in those rooms with him. Yeah, he comes in with energy plus. Uh, yeah. Yep. Happiness, joy, plus. Uh, and yeah. how, you know, given the shortage of joy in the world, uh, we are very, very fortunate that we have someone like him. So we'll, Amen. when we come back, His Eminence Timothy Cardinal Dolan. Stay tuned. Where faith matters. The Rev and the Rabbi. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Welcome back. I'm Rabbi Joseph Potaffnick. And I'm Reverend A.R. Bernard. Reverend, you know, we have friends, and we have friends who are like family. And today we have someone who really is a member of our, uh, he's a member of our immediate family, not extended. I'm talking about his eminence, Timothy, Michael Dolan, who, Cardinal of New York, and really uh, a very special person. And I can tell you, since I've been coming to his residence with you to have breakfast, it started with a simple cupcake. Now, smoke fish, locks. My goal is to make the place kosher. That's what I'm working on. But, but I've seen their budget. I'm not sure they can afford it. Oh, Your Eminence, thank you so much. Thank well, you. Well, listen, Rabbi and, and Rev, I feel the same about you, and it's especially appropriate as we uh, anticipate the magnificent feast of Thanksgiving when we come together with family and friends that the three of us uh, should be uh, should be together. And, folks, I want you to know that uh, Rabbi Potasnik, and when he's not on the air, is usually not 
as gracious to uh, <laughs> Reverend Bernard and me as he is when he's uh, when you when you're all listening. So I thought for sure you'd sit over a pumpkin pie for uh, for uh, Thanksgiving. Well, so, well, now, now, I, now I will. I, now I will. <laughs> do you share this with me? I'm almost a little embarrassed to say this, but my favorite holiday is Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, people would expect me to say Christmas or Easter, uh, probably uh, Reverend Bernard the same. They'd expect you to say Passover or Yom Kippur. And, of course, those do have a sacredness and a specialness about it. But from a human point of view and actually from a divine point of view, I love Thanksgiving. And, of course, at the big holidays, the big holy days for the three of us, we're pretty busy. But Thanksgiving is, is a little bit more time to relax. Is that the same for you guys? You know, you're absolutely right, and I'm glad that you pointed out that I look forward to uh, Passover and, and, and Hanukkah. That's what I do every year. Right, Rabbi? Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I will tell you, gathering together, uh, having a menu, uh, talking about what we're going to eat, who's coming over, yeah, it's, it's, it's family, it's, it's fun, it's fellowship, and of course it's, the drama it's that relaxing. we talked about. yeah. It's relaxing, and for the three of us who are, uh, who, you know, who try our best to provide religious pastoral leadership, to see this whole nation uh, just kind of united in, in humble prayer of gratitude to the Lord, mm-hmm. I think, I'm thinking, boy, oh boy, this might have more impact than any homily that I could give. I, uh, it, it really touches to the core of what the United States is about. You know, so, I, think, I think God looks down with favor and sees his human family doing something that is very, very special and similar. Uh, You know, we have our separate faith traditions, but this is the one time when we all do just about the same thing. And it's the continuity of that family tradition. (laughs) When we go back to our parents who would gather us, you know, for Thanksgiving and our parents who taught us the importance of saying thank you as often as possible. Yep. Yep. Boy, Lord knows we say please enough, but thank you. Reverend Bernard, can I ask you something a little delicate and sensitive? You know, this is the time of of Thanksgiving for the good gifts. You and your family have just been through a very sad time with the loss of your beloved son. And is it tougher to muster a spirit of Thanksgiving when you've just been through that trial? You know, Cardinal, I I will tell you, um, with the loss of our son, and thank you for bringing that up, and thank you for your thoughts, prayers, and condolences as our family continues to work through this. You know, we've been so anchored as a family in our faith that it's made all the difference in the world. I took pride in my grandchildren, and I have 25 grandchildren, and the older ones got together, called a meeting to sit down and discuss what just took place in the loss of a father, a brother, an uncle, a son, without the, you know, myself, my wife. You my, didn't have my, to spark my, my it. Son. They did it spontaneously. No, they my, did oh it my. on their own. And my wife and I are saying, who called this meeting? They called it on their own, and they sat down for three hours and talked it through and shared their feelings. Now, if that's a reflection of something, something at least one thing that I got right, then yeah. this Thanksgiving yeah. is special. Well, and that alone gives you a cause for gratitude that you're that you're the, the the next generation has caught the message of faith. Way to go! You wow. know, I remember reading a a sermonic message, and the author likened life to leftover turkey, and he said, "You know, you're sitting there surrounded by people you love, then shortly thereafter, people are taken from you. 
You're sitting there looking at a meal, a, a turkey stuffed to overflowing. Shortly thereafter, there's some scraps of meat left. The challenge in life is how you deal with what's left over and who's left wow. over. Uh, and I think uh, all of us recognize, well, if we have leftovers, that means we also had a full meal the day before. And talking to Reverend Bernard uh, and being at that service, uh, everybody reflected on not only what they lost, but what they had uh, in the years together. And I, and I think all of us, you know, we all have lost loved ones. Uh, of course, it's much more difficult when it's a younger person. Uh, but I, but I think we were somehow able to give thanks and saying, you know, I, I think of what I've had, I think of what I've lost, and I realize I've still been very blessed. Well, you know, you know uh, I was just going to say, Cardinal, you know, in in, in our uh, New Testament emphasis, uh, we have that passage that says, "In all things, give thanks." Not for yes. all things, but in all in things, all things, give thanks. And yeah. Cardinal, please reflect on that. For us. Yes. So whatever comes, we can. Whatever comes, we can be grateful. You and I, the three of us, have talked in the past how now, and it's twenty months now that we've been through COVID. How many people have reflected that in the rearview mirror, they've seen God's hands mm-hmm. while this was going on. We kind of cringed and said, where's the Lord in all this? What's the purpose? When is this junk going to end? How long are we going to have to go through this? And now in retrospect, we look back and say, aha, he was there. We're bouncing back. We're stronger than ever because of this adversity. So there it is, Reverend Bernard. In all things, give thanks. In all things, give thanks. We even, of course, for uh, you, we use the word Eucharist, the Greek word Thanksgiving, for our highest form of prayer, the Mass, the Holy Eucharist. And when you think about it, we offer the Eucharist at a funeral. That's a sad time, but we're still grateful. We're grateful for the for the for the the one that we've had and now have lost, and we're grateful for the promise of life everlasting. So, in all things, ups and downs, mountains and valleys, give praise to the Lord. You know, it's interesting. Jewish tradition at a funeral, you make a tear in the clothing, uh, and uh, to show the heart is torn. When you make uh, the tear, you have to recite a blessing. Now, that's a difficult thing to do. You know, here you are in mourning, and yet you're giving thanks. You're recognizing yeah. God. Uh, so, you know, the, to synthesize those two sentiments, uh, I think, says much about our commitment to faith. That, nevertheless, we still believe, we still love, we still say thank you, even though we're hurting. Yeah, yeah. Do you guys worry? I, I know you do because we've chatted about. There's not much we haven't chatted about. But anyway, I, I worry that this sense of entitlement that we've lamented um, is 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 really based on a lack of gratitude. If we think we automatically got things coming to us, we are owed certain things. Well, then you don't have to be grateful. They're mine anyway. So get out of the way and let me enjoy them. I I do worry that a bit of an entitlement might, that's why we need Thanksgiving more than ever. Am I on to something or what? Yeah, I saw that cartoon Here. the father says to his son, you know, you're not getting the car. You got to go to school like all the other kids go. Take Uber. You know, it's a, it's a <laughs> it, 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 yeah, there is an entitlement, but, you know. But I think, yeah. I think Cardinal hit something very important there, uh, Rabbi. Yeah, we, we, when we feel entitled we lose that attitude of gratitude. Gratitude confirms relationships. It bonds people together when you're grateful. In fact, I think we instinctively look for someone 
to say thank you or to be grateful when we do something. Uh, I don't think it's affirmation. It's just something we instinctively look for, like it's supposed to be the natural response. And when they don't, even uh, uh, Cardinal, you know, the story of of, of the lepers, the, the 10 lepers and yeah. only one, you know, Jesus healed yeah. all 10, but Where only one turned nine? around. Yeah. And Where said, are the other you. nine, Jesus asked. Exactly. Yeah. He was looking for gratitude. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You know, I can remember, fellas, uh, I was a young priest, and I went to the wake of a, of a wonderful man in the parish, and his granddaughter was there. She was about 14 or 15, and she was a handful, and so much so that her own mom and dad had thrown her out of the house, and, and Grandpa took her in. And she's standing there sobbing, sobbing, sobbing. And she simply said, I never told him thanks. Mm. I never told him mm. thanks. I mean, yeah. What a po- that I will. I said to her, well, tell him now. We believe he's alive with the Lord. Tell him now. But that when we realize a lack of gratitude, uh, that can be a poignant moment for us. So, you so, know, interesting. If you look at the, the Torah, we had discussed this. The reference to Thanksgiving by Leah, who was a matriarch. Yeah. The fourth child. Right. The the fourth Mm -hmm. child, she says, I also give thanks here too. She could have said, Well, it's another child. I've already gone through this. No, no. I've got enough three. Big deal. Yeah. 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 But but it's always a big deal, right? You bet it is. You bet it is. Yeah, you know, we call, and I, I don't know if you use the word, uh, Rabbi Potasnik, but uh, I know in the Christian tradition, we would call the morning prayer lauds, L-A-U-D-S, from the Latin word thanksgiving, to praise. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. every morning we get up, the first thing we need to do is praise God and yeah. thank Him for the gift of another day. That's what we do. I yeah. think you took it from us, but we we, oh, we yeah. you got a great you got a great library, Joe. I tell you. Now I and now we've talked about Thanksgiving and haven't even spoken about uh, turkey and dressing and pumpkin pie and uh, so there's an abundance of things for which to be uh, for which you know the other thing too. I usually go home to St. Louis to my mom and and my siblings for Thanksgiving because I can get away at Thanksgiving. I can't get away at Christmas. I can't this year, but. I'm still gra- I'm still grateful that I'm going to be with friends with whom I can relax, and uh, that that God provides. You know, you kind of rather be with your family. I can't this year, but boy, I'm glad that he's that he's given me others. Yeah. So, and, and yeah. Cardinal, isn't it something about a meal that brings people together that? Does something. You're telling me? <laughs> <laughs> Just look at me, you know that. <laughs> but you know, when we sit there and give thanks, let's not forget first responders, second responders, all those who kept us connected to one another. Yeah. Thanks for Zoom. You know, we were the baby Zoomers. Um, but uh, we went through much, but we got through it uh, because it. people reached out to one another. We didn't forget people. We borrow that. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. You, uh, the people of Israel, gave us the great vocabulary of prayer, and that's one the whole nation is going to be saying on Thursday. Hallelujah. I thank God for you, too. And we are blessed to have you. And Thanks. And let's get together soon. Uh, let's do this again and again. And one of the one of my favorite moments, and Reverend, I know it's true for you, is when we gather at the Cardinal's residence, sit together. He begins with reading one of the Psalms, brings us together uh, as that human family, and we work together to address issues that impact all of us. Absolutely. You Cardinal, you're, you're Thanks, a rare brothers. friend. Happy Thanksgiving Thank you to you and your families and to all of our, our loyal listeners. Thanks. The pie, is, right. the pie is on the way. All right. God, God bless. Bye-bye. <laughs>
<laughs> and we'll be back with more of the Rev and the Rabbi and the Cardinal today, right here on 77 WABC. Reverend A.R. Bernard, Rabbi Joseph Pachasnik, the Rev and the Rabbi. Talk Radio 77 WABC and the all-new WABCRadio.com. Welcome back. I'm Rabbi Joseph Pachasnik. And I'm Reverend A.R. Bernard, refreshed so, you know, by we, that conversation. Yeah, we often say serve, the God, serve God in song and joy. Uh, no one does it better uh, than uh, His Eminence by always bringing that warmth Besides the wisdom, the wit, but there's a certain warmth, a positive spirit. And I have to tell you, in today's world where, you know, people excel in knocking one another, some people, where they excel in always bringing what's wrong with America instead of what's right, it's refreshing and reassuring uh, to have someone who has us look for, uh, you know, the best, not the worst. And it's authentic. I I, I will tell you, Rabbi, um, there are relationships like the relationship that you, the Cardinal, and I have that you can count on one hand, unfortunately. Relationships that are that, that you can be yourself. I will tell you, <laughs> I, I had someone uh, invite me out to dinner, and I knew this person was, was critical. I mean, you had to cross every T, dot every I, and invited me out to lunch. He said, said Reverend, I, I would love to take you out to lunch. I said, you know, I'd rather not. Um, if you want to meet and talk, we could do that. But I, I, I'd rather have a meal where it's not work. He said, what do you mean? Mm. I said, when I'm with you, I've got to pay attention to every little thing. I can't be myself. I can't relax. That is work. That's not lunch yeah. for me. Yeah. And he got upset with me, and then he said, you know, I get it. I understand. And that's true. There are very few people that we could sit with and just be ourselves and not worry about slipping, you know, and saying something the wrong way or, or whatever. There are few friends like that. That's why the Sabbath is such a welcome moment when you can escape uh, from some of those pressures. And, you know, you don't look at the iPhone. You don't look at, you know, all of the other objects in your life with all of the messages. Um, you know, that we need a break. Uh, yeah. and, and not only that, we overlook the blessings in our life. We don't take the time, you know, we see the thorns out there, but not the roses. Uh, and I think there are too many people like that who just are oblivious to what is going on that's good and, you know, only focus on what's bad. All you have to do is pick up the papers. You pick up yeah. the papers and read the first three pages or the, the headlines. Why even get out of bed? You know, the world is falling <laughs> apart. The world is falling apart. There's, there's no sense. We're, we're not, you know. So why is it, Rabbi, that bad news is good news? Why is it? Well, I, because when you see what the news is, right? <laughs> it's all bad. Yeah, it's better to have, better and it to makes have no good news. news. Yeah. That's what they say. You know, it's just, you know, you, you listen to the news, you listen to people talking, and it's anger. Anger on steroids very often. And I have to believe that's not, you know, that's not what God intended. Not that we have to ignore what's wrong, but not at the expense of, you know, completely ignoring uh, that what's right. Uh, there can be a healthy balance. And yeah, uh, you know, the certain- swallowed up yeah. by the negative. Yeah. I, I even look turning on the news and I love the news. I, you know, I'm a news buff, but after a while, you know, all you hear is, well, those on the left. Yeah. And those on the right. And I'm in the middle of the whole thing. How about you? You know, <laughs> you know, I, uh, I've been to 
the Christian Cultural Center. I've heard you preach. And, you know, we've listened to many sermons over the years. And one of the things you and I have tried to do is no matter what we're talking about, we will conclude on a positive note because we want to give people some inspiration to go out and to make a difference. But you can't do that if you keep beating people up, you know, verbally. So, yeah, yeah. And, and that, by the way, that that's a religious thought in terms of Jewish tradition. When you read a portion from uh, the Bible, the prophets, the conclusion is very often it's positive. But when you, when you finish one of the books of the Bible, you say, "Be strong and courageous, and let's continue." Uh, there is this this outlook that tomorrow we can make better. Today may not be the day that you know we've desired, but let's make tomorrow a better day. Um, I love that. I love that. Yeah, yeah. And we have to think think that way. I mean, where would we be, Rabbi? Consider us as clergy. Where would be we be without hope? How could you live without hope? And and that's if you look through if you look through the Bible, you study it carefully. You know there are painful, painful scenarios, but there are very promising ones as well. You know that famous vision of Jacob, the ladder planted on the ground, reaching into the heavens and angels, climbing up, climbing down, up and down on the rungs of the ladder. Um, you know, there are moments you're going to descend, but there are moments you're going to ascend. Um, mm. And But you always have, the, have to have the vision of the, the ladder into the heavens. Always think higher, think holier. Um, and I, I wish we could convey that spirit to more people, but for some reason, people enjoy. It's You wonder what, what life means for those who are so consumed by anger because where's the happiness? When do they smile or do they, do they thrive when they're miserable? You know, do they thrive in attacking others? Is that what makes them happy? And if so, that's a very, very sad commentary on the human persona. It, it, it is. And, and I think we're back in the garden now. Does evil peak our curiosity? Does the negative peak our curiosity that we have to eat from the fruit of that tree? Yeah. And just, you know, you would, one of the things I was thinking, of, I looked at the story of creation, as you have many times. Where was the thank you? Where, where was the thank you? You know, thank you, God, for making me. Thank you, God, for, you know, giving me a, a partner. And no sooner had the creation occurred than all of a sudden the complaints. You look, look what happened. Look at the, the woman, you know, this is the woman. She did it. The serpent did it. But isn't that a problem that, uh, you know, like they had all the abundance of the garden and only one tree that they couldn't have? <laughs> Why is it that we focus on what we don't have or can't have and, and neglect and take for granted all that we do have, Rabbi? You know, when I was growing up, um, we had a liquor collection in the house. My dad was a big scotch devotee. Now, not a big drinker, but every so often, you know, some scotch. And he would say to me, here have a sip. And he said, the reason I'm making this available to you is the following. Because I have a feeling if I say, don't you dare go out and get any liquor. Don't you do it. That maybe a part of you will say, yeah, you know, he's holding back something that maybe there's something there I, I should try. Mm, By making it so yeah. available, it's no big deal for you. That's true. I never had the urge to go out, go drinking. I always knew it was right there, you know, right there in the cabinet. Um, but Sometimes when you, with some people, the minute you say no, it's an incentive to you know, say yes and go for it. Um, yeah, yeah. But, I, but Rabbi, Rabbi, let's, yeah. let's talk turkey here, okay? Well, let's talk well turkey. Well put, well put. Yeah. Is, it true, <laughs> is it true that Jewish people tend to go out for Chinese food on Thanksgiving? <laughs> is that true? No, Christmas. Oh, Christmas. Christmas. I thought no, it was Thanksgiving. No, because Thanksgiving what? is easy. You know, you're, you're with family and friends is 
There's a lot to do. But you know the world closes down on Christmas Day. There's nothing <laughs> to do. So we, movies and Chinese food, are, you know, those establishments are open. Uh, well, thanks for the correction. I wanted yeah, to get it right. Yeah, so. yeah. By the way, I, 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 I saw something or I heard something I never thought I would ever live to see and hear. Uh, I was talking to some kids because I live near a school. So I said to the kids, how is it, you know, after all these months of being home, how do you feel going back to school? We love it. We're so happy to be in school. When did you ever think you were going to hear kids <laughs> saying, we look forward to being in the classroom? Uh, That's to get out of the house, being locked up in the house. Yeah, yeah. So, it, you know, we took that <laughs> negative experience to help them appreciate the positive. Isn't that true of life also? When you don't have something, you become thankful when you do have it. We go through, let's say, illness. Uh, and all of a sudden, we're restored to you know to health, and we're thankful. Say, my God, I took this for granted. And uh, as you know, and I know, we we can't take anything in life for granted. We certainly can't take people who are in our lives for granted, because as you unfortunately learned, uh, they're taken away too soon. It's uh, true. It's true. And and I, I will tell you, even in, in our faith tradition, we have those who preach a message that. Every day should be filled only with the good, only with the positive, and uh, there should be no negative. And life is not a menu. Like, we can pick and choose. Give me, give me two of these and three of those. Uh, you take life as it comes, and if you're anchored in faith and have a framework with which to face life uh, towards positive outcomes, that's what makes a difference, wouldn't you say? You know, our mutual friend, uh, Senator Joe Lieberman, said that he wants to see one day a year this kind of reprieve from all of the uh, harsh criticism of one another. Let's go one day uh, with just looking at positive and doing positive things. I'm not sure we could fulfill that, but let's try. Uh, This is is the day, uh, you know, that we're going to focus on something. I'll give you an example. On Thanksgiving, uh, you have a plethora you have an, uh, an oversupply of volunteers, uh, mm-hmm. at, at, right, serving dinners at various places. I remember a few years ago, we turned people away. We said, no, no, we have enough already. Uh, that to me, you know, that's how you start your holiday. Before you sit down for the meal, you make sure that others have the same opportunity. Uh, so, And that's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we had our whole team down in Orlando, Florida mm-hmm. last week. Uh, giving out turkeys, giving out boxes of food supplies to those uh, in need. We'll be doing that uh, this week ahead, uh, the day before Thanksgiving. And we have teams of people who just love to gather to help others, to to be there to supply for those uh, in in need. And I think that's the beauty of it Uh, for many, many years. And I took my grandchildren with me intentionally. Mm -hmm. I would go to the Bowery Mission in Manhattan and I would that would that's how we would spend our Thanksgiving morning. My my grandsons would be with me, and we would be feeding some of the individuals who came to eat a Thanksgiving dinner. And I will tell you that had a deep impact on them, uh, Rabbi. You know that uh, I always find the day after also has meaning. And you know the day after Thanksgiving or the week after Thanksgiving, there are going to be coat drives. And someone had called me uh, recently and said. This year, we're going to add to the possible recipients of those coats uh, Afghani refugees, people who are here that mm. were rescued from mm. you know, Afghanistan who don't have the funds uh, to buy coats. We have to help them. 
And there are always people who need coats. And, you know, when you look in your closet, there's always an extra coat. There's always one that you, you hardly wear yeah. or you don't wear. Um, that, again, is the continuing to say, I'm thankful for what I have. Let me make sure someone else can be thankful right. as well. Uh, so well, you just caught me off guard, Rabbi, when you said, you know, after Thanksgiving, you have a coat drive. I thought you were going to say we have leftovers. But, yeah. Uh, well. I'll leave it there. But the, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, the the whole idea of giving, and I find... Uh, I think I'm being very honest about this. People of faith are the most generous people that I've encountered over the years. Mm. The ones who truly mm. believe in God in a serious, sincere way are the ones who reach out and help others because they know I haven't fulfilled my responsibility to the Creator unless I fulfill my responsibility to the cre- uh, you know the people He created. Uh, so true. Yeah, we 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 have a responsibility here. Um, yeah. The word for responsibility in Hebrew has in it the word for other, because you have a responsibility to the other, and you can't you can't be that that full genuine religious person until you have done something for the other. Uh, so. And that's important that we realize that we're a part of something much greater than ourselves. That we are not the end all and be all. That um, we're we're tied to each other in in a very deep and profound way. It takes time for some people to get there. Some people never arrive at that reality, unfortunately. But for the sake of those uh, who need and understand the need for fellowship and being our brother's keeper, this is a wonderful way to celebrate that by having a national holiday that says it's, it's a day to say thanks. I remember years ago reading about a woman who says she was only blessed with two teeth in her mouth. All the other teeth have been removed. She said, and thank God they're opposite one another because that way I can chew. Uh, so, you know, we all give thanks. We all have things we wish we had. We don't have any more. But you have to just look around and say, at least I have this. And I Amen. Think, yeah. All right. Like they say in my church, that's good preaching. <laughs> all right. Let's uh, look forward to a very, very healthy and Happy Thanksgiving, surrounded by people who uh, who mean so much to us and thinking about others who also mean much to us but won't be sitting with us. Yeah, and for those who will be traveling for the holidays, we pray traveling mercies, God's graces upon you and your family, that you get there safe and get back home safe and that you have a very blessed holiday. Amen. I think we've wrapped up another program, Rabbi. Yeah, and uh, we will be back next week I, uh, talking about... Our, the Thanksgiving that we had, but uh, <laughs> I, I, but I look I look forward to these these moments because it also is an escape sometimes uh, from some of the real real um, the negative moments of life when you can sit with a friend or sit with friends like the Cardinal and, and realize that we share a closeness um, that hopefully is not rare uh, in our world, but. Uh, when I, when I hear stories, I think it's become increasingly rare to have the kind of closeness that people of all faiths have with one another. And Thanksgiving brings us together. As I often say, you have Easter, I have Passover, you have Christmas, I have Hanukkah. We all have Thanksgiving. Yeah, amen to that. Well, until next time with the Dynamic Duo, have a blessed Thanksgiving right here on 77 WABC. We'll be back with more next week of The Rev. And the the rabbi. rabbi.